Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the Digital Workspace inner workings. So, so welcome, Gemma, to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Do you want to give everyone an introduction to who you are? Hello, and thank you for the invite, having me here. And well, I'm Gemma Rubio. I'm from Spain, but actually I'm living in the Netherlands. And what I do, I have my own company for marketing and, and digital communication. Yeah. And I work globally. I work in, in many countries, different countries, in Spain, in the Netherlands, Italy, in Russia. Now I'm starting in Africa, too. Oh, really? Mainly okay. Yes. Where, where in Africa? In Burundi. Jeez, I'm okay. starting a pro. <laughs> How did you find work in Burundi? Sorry? How did you find something in Burundi? Well, they contact me to be an oh. advisor in communication. Yeah. So then okay. I say, oh, Burundi, that's interesting because it's completely different. They don't have much technology there. Yeah. So it's a challenge. So I like challenges. <laughs> so, yeah, no, okay. Yes. I've done some work up at that side of the world, and and um, it, it is it is like going. Uh, when I, so when I flew to um, Cameroon, it was like going back in time because you flew from Johannesburg to to Nairobi, Nairobi to Cameroon, and and South Africa is kind of like a mix between a first world and a third world country. So fairly modern, but there's a little bit of you know Africanism. Then you you get to Nairobi. This is before they had the big fire at the airport, but it's like going back to the 80s. So it's yes. all the browns and, and all the rest of it. There's still a little bit of digital displays, but, but mostly it's those old sort of um, ticket tape displays. And then you fly from there to Cameroon and you land there and it's basically <laughs> built on a, on, a, on a tarmac and everything's chalkboard. Um, yeah. You know, so it's completely devoid of technology. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting for you. That's yeah, for it's sure. a challenge. It's a uh, technical incubator there, but yeah. they don't have easy Wi-Fi. Yeah. So something that basic, they don't have it. So yeah. we are trying to, to solve the, how we communicate without technology, yeah. a technology project. Jeez, that's <laughs> very interesting. If you need any help, you need to get involved. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah good. So, so tell us a bit about, um, I mean, you've got a marketing and, and communications background, and, and you, you mentioned that UX is important to that. How do you go about approaching that in a project? How do I approach the, the sorry, can you repeat this? How do you go about approaching UX, user experience in a project or, or getting adoption? Yeah, well, the user experience is really important when you do communication because yeah. you, you, we need to understand that the brain doesn't see everything on the screen and doesn't, doesn't understand anything. So you need to understand, you need to know the buyer persona really good to communicate in the way they understand the world and the life. And also you need to know where to put, where to place the things on the computer for the people to see it. For example, I don't know why many companies, they put the logo in the down corner in the right and people never look at its place in the screen. Well, not never, but most of the time we don't look there. Yeah. So I, you should put the logo there. You should put it up always in the left on the information. Only in the Arabic countries, you should put things on the right, but in, in the rest of the countries on the left, so you need to, to learn a little how the people read and how the people think. So mm-hmm. where to play 
things and also to use the words because even if you talk to a 30 years old person, it's not the same to if your target are waiters than if your target are scientifics because they communicate in a completely different way. So, so the communication and the user experience is really important. Yeah. Because if you don't take this into account, the people don't get your information. Yeah, no, definitely. And how do you go about figuring that out? Do you interview people? Do you look at their desks? I mean, what's the sort of approach to understand? Well, yeah, you need to do interviews, but first you need to know who do you want to target? Yeah. Because it's important to have an idea more or less of who do you want to get? Sometimes it doesn't work and the people coming to your web page or product is another completely different, but you need to know more or less who do you want to target and then you need to talk to them. And you need to know where do they search for information and how they do things. It's important to know their, their daily routine and what do they do, how they approach the technology and what are the difficulties, their problems. Okay. And, and how do you, when you say you interview them, what does an interview feel like? What, what would they experience? Well, I do it well now it's online. Now it's not the nicest way, but I like to do it more in person. So then you can also, you need to try to be really neutral. So not to say something that can impulse them to say something that you want to hear. So you need yep. to be really neutral and you need to ask them really questions that they can tell you how they feel and you need to try to create trust. Otherwise they, they won't tell you. And you need to be aware that sometimes people tell you what they think they think, but it's not true because mm. we are not aware what we do and why we do things. So yeah. you need to be aware that sometimes they are telling you something, but if you put the laptop in front of them and you then let them do things, they will do it completely different. So you need to believe part of the thing, not because they are lying, but because they don't know. And then you need to, to talk, but also to let them try and to see how they react and how they do it. Yeah, because you almost, you almost want to give them some mock-ups and prototypes of what you're trying to do and get them to work with it, almost in a sort of hidden view where you, you, you were sitting behind a, a camera watching them work and see what they, what they think. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. important because our brain, sometimes we think when people ask us something, we always give an answer. But sometimes it's what we think we are thinking, but it's not the, the way we behave. And yeah. other people can see it, but we don't see it. And if, if you ask, we are, being, we are telling you the truth and we are saying what we think is true, but it's not always the case. So you need yeah. to be aware of it because it's not that easy. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of, of something we did years ago. We were trying to get people to use a new product and the guys were getting very, very fixated on the laptops that we were going to get, not the product. Yeah. And, and we gave them, we had almost two rooms, one room with a, with a, with a, with a poor setup and one with a, with a great setup. And it was the same product. And all the people that had the great setup said the product was fantastic. All the guys that had the bad laptops said it was, was a terrible product. Yeah. And you're like, oh. it, it was so, it, you know, it was just to prove the point that the product actually yeah. didn't have an issue. It was all about the tooling, which, you know, won't matter in the, in the long term. Um, yeah, of course. So, okay. And um, when you get involved in a product, a uh, project at least, what, what is your uh, sort of tip, tips that you, or things you look for to make sure that you're successful? Well, first I need to, to know really good the company and to yeah. know how they want to communicate the product, because this is also really important. You as a company, what do you want to get from it? What do you want the people to tell about you? Because yeah. I'm focused more in the communication. So it's like, okay, do you want the people to tell that you are fast, that you are always there, that they can trust you? 
Yeah. What do you want to get from, what do you want the people to say about you? How do you want them to communicate about your products? So this is really important. And then to create a, like a person, like the buyer persona, but for the company to communicate everything in one way. So the people can, can feel trust about them because otherwise you communicate in many different ways inside the same company and the people lose confidence. And if you ask them, they don't know why, but they tell you, I don't trust this company, but they cannot tell you why. So you need to, to create like a personality and to be really strong with that personality and to communicate the way you want to be seen. And then yeah. when, you, when you have this and you have the buyer persona, when you have all the strong communication, then you can create the communication inside the tool also. Because you, it's not only what you put in social media, it's how you communicate inside the tool, the wording you use and the way you place the words and how you say everything. Yeah. So then it's important that everything match and everything follows the same structure. And, and how do you keep that in sync? Because that, that would be quite difficult, to, I'd, I'd imagine, to keep in sync. Well, it's difficult at the beginning, and it also depends how the company works, because some companies, they say, no, I'm doing it right. I want to continue the same way, so this is difficult. But when they understand, that it's like, for example, Coca-Cola. They do everything in the same way. You see something from Coca-Cola, you know it's them. Yeah. So the important is when you create it from the beginning and you create a persona and you create like the persona with name and age and everything, you also need to create a voice brand. So then you have the, the voice and you say what things you can say, what things you cannot say, how can you say it, in which tone you have to talk, even which yeah. emoticons you can use or not use. Because when, because when you define everything and you have like a, like a booklet with only information, like a manual, yeah. Then you start building from there and everyone is building from the same place and starting from the same place and then everything goes together. But you need to do this, to do this at the beginning. If you do, if you start doing it later, then it takes more work because, yeah. because people is used to do it in one way and to change it is difficult. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a branding exercise to a large extent yeah. and, and yeah. the brand is it, and it's almost the, the life cycle of a child to, to an adult. You've got to start with the basics, get them to yes. you know, eat properly and then crawl and then walk and then run. So, yes. And what would be one of your, your sort of biggest challenges in, in a project? One of the challenges is to make understand the companies how important it is. Yeah. Sometimes there is people that they understand and that's why they bring me there. But then some of the owners of the companies is like, no, but I... I always done it this way. And like, yes, <laughs> you want to grow, you need to do things different. So that's the, the main challenge. When you start working and they see the results, then everything is okay. But the beginning to, to make them understand what this is important. Now it's changing a little with the COVID, it helps for the people to understand that you need to differentiate yourself and be unique in order to grow. Uh, and to explain that a bit more, why is it, why do you think COVID's made people more open to it? Well, because you need to do things online. If you are yeah. not online, you don't assist. So then people realize that they need to be online because everything was online. So you need to be there. And then people will contact me, for example, like, okay, I have a, this kind of product, but there are like a thousand products that they look similar, but I'm different. Now, well, yeah, they, you need to show them why you are different and what can you do different and yeah. how can you solve their problem? So then they realize that there are many, for example, marketing companies, there are thousands of marketing companies. And you work with the one that you feel that are closer to you and they communicate in the same way and you feel you trust them. 
So you need yeah. to create your, your personality to, to reach your, your people. So when you get involved in a project, obviously you mentioned understanding the company is important, but are you talking now um, sort of internal products or projects, or you're looking at external ones as well? So B2B versus B2C versus, I guess, whatever it, the acronym is for internal. Well, I, I work more in B2B, but the thing is now it, it doesn't exist anymore B2B or B2C in communication because they, what would you call B2B before now they are is people. It's yeah. people like the B2C. So you buy for yourself, for your house. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. A laptop. Yeah. And you know how you are treated. So when you are a company, you want to be treated the same way. You don't want to be treated as a company. You want to be treated as a person. And you are trying to communicate one-on-one. -on -one. That, that's why it's really important to know the people that you are targeting in the company. Yeah. In what position they are and how do they do things. If they are the owner or if they are not the owner, because it's not the same. If you are the general director, if, but you are not the owner, it's not your money. So mm. then you have a budget that you spend it. But if it's your own company, you behave different. But at the end, you are talking with one person. You need to know which person it is, talk people to people. You don't talk as a company. So then there are no differentiations. You, need, you only need to know to who you are targeting and what kind of people it is and just talk to them. As a person. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, you know, if I look at how we've built product over the last couple of years, um, it's become more and more about the, about the individual person as opposed to, I mean, you still do personas as, as a group, yeah. but you are trying to make um, the product personalized. So um, can they, can they save certain widgets in a certain order so they can have the information they want on the screen that's, you know, that's relevant to them. Um, you know, you mentioned company logos, we, you know, having the company logo, you know, even though the, you've bought a product or you subscribe to a product, having your own logo on everything makes it, you know, connect to you. Um, so as I can see where you're going with that, what's the people first uh, approach? Yeah, it's really important. For me, it's really important to, to go to the people. And then they feel that you care. And when you care, they want to continue with you. Yeah. Otherwise, they just need to go to Google and they have a lot of com other companies there. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you look much into gamification at all and, and using um, sort of game mechanics to get people to, to buy into to the change? Sorry, can you, can you repeat the question? Do you, do, you go, do you look at gamification? So, gamification. So game mechanics to get people to buy into the change? Well, it also depends the the projects and the company and the product. Yeah. For some areas, it works really good in education. It works yeah. Really yeah we, we, what I'm finding is, is if you can use um, good color schemes, um, you know, red would mean bad things, green would mean good things, yellow means something in the middle. Um, that helps to, to convey something in the system. Um, and then also when you, when you're dealing with something where you dependent on things, being able to show someone where they rate versus other people. Um, you know, I, I did a project many years ago where it was all about processing documents and the minute they showed people that they were faster or slower than the person they worked with, it drove everyone up because it was a competition, you know, natural competition. Yeah. Um, and, and, and those, those sort of things, they're not, they're not really in your face gamification, you know, it's like you're playing a game, like a, you know, mm -hmm. a first person shooter or, or anything like that, but it, it is that intrinsic human drive to, to yeah. be competitive that you play on. 
to get to get good results. Yeah, that's true. And in some tools, it's useful. But in communication, it depends. When you do communication inside the product, yes. Yeah. But also, also I use a tool for, for walking that they give me money. It's not real money. It's virtual money. But I always walk in and I want to work more to get more money. And I have a, a, a how do you say, I have to do a certain steps in a year. Yeah. And I want to finish earlier. So I'm walking a lot in order to get, and it's just me with myself. Yeah. But I, I love to do it. <laughs> is that is that about sweat coin by any chance? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's that one. <laughs> you use it too. Yeah, I use it too. Um, it's it's funny, you know, when when that came along, um, and I've always walked, you know, always walked uh, a lot. And um, when I came along, and I shared, I shared it with all my friends, they all asked me, they said, "Why would you want to do this?" And I said, "Because you know, you walk everywhere, you might as well get rewarded." And, and, and in those days, I think they only gave you um, credit for your steps outside; they didn't give you anything indoors. Um, yeah. Which, which with with the pandemic, they, they obviously changed that a bit. Um, and it's funny how that's part, like if I go for a walk for my break in the, in the middle of the day, you know, that's the first thing I turn on, I turn the boost on, so I can get my, my extra yeah. five coins. <laughs> and then I do all the three little um, things. Okay. And it's just, it's just part of my behavior. Like I'm just, and, and I don't even look at the adverts. So like I press the button, I do something, and I look down, it's done, and I, and I get my coin and I move to the next one. So, so they're not getting the, the advertising revenue out of me per se. But I'm building up those coins. You know, I don't know what yeah, you're balancing. Yeah, for me it's the same. But, I, but, uh, for me it's the same, and I never buy anything or anything. I just get more coins. <laughs> nice. And, and we've got um, a medical company here called Discovery, and in the UK is called Vitality, and they also give you points for walking ten thousand or twelve yeah. and a half thousand steps, depending which one you're on. Um, so you know, we're always walking twelve and a half thousand a day just to get the points in. So it's like, you know, it, you know, that's a competitive against yourself. Yeah. But you get that good feeling um, that you, that you're achieving something by doing something yeah, healthy. Cool. Yeah. You good feel behavior. good doing it. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Um, so when you get uh, into the actual people themselves, I mean, have you got a, a sort of, do you do personality tests? Do you do sort of, Anything like that to understand the people? Any sort of questions you ask a certain way? Well, I guess it depends also the, the projects. So it depends yeah. what I want to get. But I need to know first the, the, if they are the owners or not, if they are not the owners of the company, is really important. So I need to know who is the, who made the decision in the company, yeah. in the, the kind of companies that I want to sell. So when I know who I need to target, I, I try to know if usually this is the owner or is not the owner. Because if it's your money or not, what I told you before is is really important. The way you behave is completely different. And yeah. then how many people is involved in the process of buying? Because it's not yeah. the same if it's one or you have to to target different ones. And then how they spend the day? How do they what is the process to make the purchase and the decisions? Those are the the questions that I ask to everyone. And then the yeah. rest it depends what kind of project it is. Did you find when you when you you mentioned that obviously people they tell you one thing but they show you a different thing? Yes. But do you find that if you if you sat with someone for the day and watched them work, that they spend a lot of their time almost breaking all the processes to get things done versus following all the processes to get things done? Well, I never checked that to be honest, no. but 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 I think we all do it. Yeah. <laughs> Even no, you. Well, 
<laughs> I, I just I just find it you know because the, the thing about when you build a product is you start to put constraints on people mm-hmm. and you make them go through a channel and often that channel you know becomes becomes too restrictive for them to get work done so they find ways to get out of the channel to get work done so yeah I think everyone does it I didn't make a study about it yeah but if I'm thinking about it I know I, I some people come to my mind that they did it that I know, and I did it too. Yeah. So I think it's something human. <laughs> we always try to find the, the shorter way to do things. No, I, I agree with you totally. And and how do you find, um, because you work, you mentioned a few countries that you're working with, how do you find the cultures are different and how do, does it affect your approach at all? Well, yes. Yes, this is really important because, for example, the Netherlands, that I live in the Netherlands, and I'm a Spanish. The way yeah. to approach a customer in the Netherlands and in Spain is completely different. But completely different. In the Netherlands, you start talking about work from the first minute. And then if you have time, then you can talk about personal things sometimes, not always. In Spain, you first need to know the person and talk a little about random things, about the weather or your family or your weekend. So you, you cannot do it the, sa- the same way in one country or another. Or in the Netherlands, for example, if you go to the office, they always offer you coffee or tea. Always. And you yeah. need to say yes, otherwise it's a little rude. Or you can ask for water if you don't want to drink coffee. But in Spain, they don't offer you anything. Oh, they, really? Yes. Okay. So it, the way of starting a meeting is different. It's like you have a, a protocol to follow and you need to yeah. adapt. When I came to the Netherlands, they were always telling me that I was too nice. <laughs> but it was because I was asking them personal questions and having trying to have a chit-chat. And for them, I was like, oh, you are too nice. I'm like, okay, I'm normal in Spain. <laughs> so I have to change a little. And when you talk with Russia, it's completely different to with Switzerland, it's different. And now with Burundi, it's also another <laughs> completely different thing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had the exposure that you've had in you know, Russia and, and um, the Netherlands, and, 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 and it, is, it is similar. Uh, some experience that how you've got to adapt to fit the, fit the room. Um, and then know the culture is the same in, in um, you know, when I worked a bit in, in um, the UAE and, and Kuwait and all those places, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's certain cultural things there you have to accept and, and you know, be aware of. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's good for you. I think everyone needs to, to experience other cultures and, and appreciate them. Yeah, I love it. I really like it. It's like a challenge every time. <laughs> <laughs> have you picked up any other languages while you've been doing that to start of interest or do you to speak? No, I do it only in Spanish and English. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because so to, when do, you get in- to do marketing and to do communication in marketing, you need to be creative okay. and you need to know the, the vocabulary and you need to know expressions. So to learn a language in a level, for example, Dutch is really complicated to learn Dutch in a level that you can be creative is you need, I think, 20 years or something like that. It's too difficult to do that. Well, that's exactly what I was wondering is that, you know, English, I know English is like the default for most things, but if yeah. I think about most products, you know, bringing in another language is quite a big step. Um, in some cases, you're almost redoing the whole application um, to, compl- to make it useful. Um, and you mentioned sort of left to right versus right to left. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking also about Asian languages. Um, you know, Japanese would be one. Uh, yes. In Chinese, of course, where uh, you know you got a whole a whole different script 
um, you can yes. deal with. So, and Korean. Um, so, yeah, okay. you need to see how they read. It's also like the colors. The colors you use for each country are not the same. What is good in, for example, McDonald's, and you check McDonald's webpage, in Germany is white and really empty. And if you go to China and you check McDonald's, it's McDonald's. It's a really strong brand, but the webpage is completely different. In China, it's spread and with big colors and full of things in the screen. So you need to adapt to also to the market, how they communicate and what is nice for them. Yeah. I never thought about that. The country, the age, the gender, the studies. So there are many aspects that you need to, to think about before you use one color or another color or more tests, more video. And I suppose if, you, if you're also engaging more in mobile versus web, you yeah. also have different. Yeah. Different. Yeah, the size of the images. You do it for the phone of the other reviews. If you if you want to check reviews, you do it in the phone. But if you want to buy something, usually you do it in the laptop. You don't buy in the in the phone. This is more difficult. Sometimes you have to write your name and your address and many things, and in the phone is difficult. Mm. You people review things in the phone and buy in the laptop. So you need to to think about it in order to show them the information that they look in the phone to show it better in the phone. And what they need to buy do is better in the in the laptop. It's, it's interesting you say that because I find that not always the case personally. So I'm thinking about Amazon and I'm thinking about Takelot, which is a South African version. Those are those are apps that's much easier just to buy on the phone. But usually yeah. when I you have your your password and your profile created. Correct, correct. So but also NCC. But also typically when you go into those apps, you know what you want to buy. Yeah. So I'm going to buy, you know, battery packs or whatever it is. Easy to buy that. I know I know exactly how to get it, all that kind of stuff. But when you're looking at something like a couch or something like that, where you want to actually research and whatever, then you have to sit behind a desktop because you want to have multiple pages open and you want to be able to see pictures and like with your phone, you can do it, you can zoom in and out, but it's not it's never as comfortable. So that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way until you mentioned it. Yeah, there are many studies about the brain, how it works, and most of people do it that way. Yeah, because if, when you have to write in the in the phone, it's difficult. Yeah. But if you go to Amazon, you usually you have your user and everything. You don't need to write your data again. So you can do it on the phone. But yeah. if it's yeah, like, like a couch, something that you want to buy once, in the phone is really complicated. You can check reviews and these kind of things on the phone. But then when you yeah. go to buy, you go to the laptop. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, would, would um, could see it as you as you're opening the web pages, you're reviewing it, and then when you get home, you open the same web pages yeah. on your laptop, you're having a look. Uh, I could definitely see that. And also uh, for the bike hotel to book a hotel, most people yeah. do it in the laptop for the hotels too. The reviews and especially if you go somewhere. Yeah, sorry, say again. Yeah, the, you can check on the phone and check for yeah. reviews and things. But then when you want to really book the, the room, you go to the laptop. Most of the people, not everyone, but most of them. Yeah, I would definitely say if it's somewhere you've never been before, I could see you spending a lot of time researching, so you'd want to have it on a laptop. But if, like, we go to the same places often, you know, it's really, <laughs> it's really about availability. Do they have it yet? Do they yeah. book it? Um, yes. I could definitely do that too. Um, so we got connected through connecting the dots which uh, with um, with Freddie. Yes. Uh, how are you involved in, in, in that and in diversity and inclusion? 
Well, I, I start with a few people in Spain, an association called yeah. Together is Better, because I volunteer in many associations, diversity associations, but usually they are like clusters. They are oh, helping women or people of color. Oh, they are in one block. So I was thinking together with these people, why we have to differentiate this. If you can be, for example, a woman, white, a woman, black, old, and you can have one in one person. So why don't we put, we want to, we want to be diverse. Why don't we create an association yeah. with all those things together? Because what we are doing is more like woman talking to woman about woman and black people talking to black people about black people. So if we want to be the people to know what happened and the problems we have, we yeah. need to share with different people. So for example, if I'm a woman and I have a problem because people are doing some things to women, I need to tell you that you are a man. So then you can yeah. know. So we start, we are men and women, and we start in Spain, but we want to do it globally, but we are just starting. So we're starting small in Spain and we are creating partnership with other associations and helping in, in other countries. And one of the things that we need is important is education since you are young, because if, if you are a kid and everything is normal, we don't need to create associations or anything. It will disappear. That is what we need to do. So we need to start from the kids. And if the kids can have good education, then we have a problem. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, you know, all, all these isms, sexism, racism, we are all, all taught things. They're not, we don't come, we don't come with them naturally. Okay. I mean, we, we're in South Africa at the moment and obviously everyone knows the South African history around all these things. Yeah. And my son's got a friend up the road here um, who he's been playing with the last couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he said, my friend is brown and I'm white. And we just said, well, that's fine. It's normal. You know, he's just, he's got a different, you know, different background to you. And he, and he didn't even like that. That was, he just made the observation, which was good. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're still friends and they still play, which is exactly what yeah. we want. Um, and it's one of the, one of the things we like about coming back here is that the kids see, you know, because when you live in the UK, you see a lot of white, not a lot of, you yeah. know, where we are especially, and we want them to see diversity and different cultures and all the rest of it, because it must be normal. And everyone's equal. Treat people for being people. Yeah, that's important. And I do the same with my daughters. I have two daughters. Yeah. And I have friends that they are gay, and I have black friends. I have, I have diversity in my life, and I'm an expat, so it's something diverse too. I'm more than forty, so I have yeah. a, a little of everything. But I think yeah. my daughters they see everything normal because they are used to it. And I think if we teach all the kids that everything is normal, what is normal? For well, me, normal is one thing. For you, normal is another thing. So everything is normal and not normal. So we need to accept people yeah. for the way they are. I think it's more important to, to put out bad people from good people and forget about the color and the age. And the, no, you, you, you're spot on. And that's, and that's something that, that we talk about here quite a lot with, with so our older generations that are still fixed mm -hmm. a little bit in the old ways, is that you got to treat the person for what they are. And if the person's a good person, yeah. Great, be friends with them. If they're not a good person, then you just move them aside and you find someone that's good Inside to put in their place. So, and it's 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 the right thing to do. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long journey, I think. Yes. Uh, in the ways. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. It goes slow, but I, I think there are be there are changes. Yeah, it's, the same, it's the same as as um, sort of 
the, the I don't want to say womanism stuff, but you know, when when a woman is successful, it, it shouldn't be touted that because she's a woman that she's successful. It's that she's successful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that should be and, and equality should be what it is. Everyone should have the same chances, um, or at least the same sort of help to get there. Yeah, and I see sometimes there are events about women and they tell their story, and it's like, and how do you manage to be successful at work and be with your kids? And it's like, why? I will never hear that question to a man because the men well, also have kids. It's like we need to stop doing these kind of questions and talking about yeah. business and about the work. And if it's an event about family, then we talk about family. But when it's a business and a man is a business and when it's in a woman, they talk about kids and like, let's try to do the same. Talk about the person. Yeah, look, I think there is a level of, of I can understand that to an extent. And, and, you know, I think COVID has helped a lot of families where, where, the, where the dads would have been at work every day. Now they've been at home. So they've been a lot more connected to their families. So, so that question now could be asked a lot more because you're asking a man, like you asked me, how do you survive? Well, I've got a lot of help. <laughs> um, you know, my wife, fortunately, is not working full time. So, you know, she does a lot with the kids. But, you know, being in South Africa, we've got, uh, you know, helpers that, you know, you know grandparents, um, both sides are still alive, which is great. And then we've also got helpers that, that look after kids in schools. Um, you know, if we were back in the UK, I would rely heavily on my wife because she'd be the only one to look after the kids. Um, mm. So, you know, but it's a team, it's a team sport. I think that's, that's what people forget. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's not, even though you might have the roles of like my wife looks after the kids and looks, runs the house and I, I work, you know, those are the roles we have at this point in time. When she starts working again, then I'll have to do more house stuff mm. and it's a team game. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. And it happened always. But yeah, I think we need to in, in the public events and things, try to normalize things. Mm. Because I think when we tell when we repeat, like the woman is with the kids, the woman is with the kids, it's like the, what the people is getting is like, oh, I'm a man, I don't need to do. Mm. So we need to, I don't know, I think it's the way of communicating is what we are teaching. Yeah. No, you're right. And I mean, I remember I think it was my, when my son was born, uh, there was a guy that I worked with. He, he had a child at the same time. And I was, you know, that, that first month with a kid is, is, the, is the hardest because yeah. they're not in any rhythm or anything. And, you know, he said to me, geez, you look so tired. I said, yeah, well, I was up all night with, with the baby, you know. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, no, when my kid was born, the wife looks after the kid and I work. And I was like, well, it doesn't look like that in my house. Sorry, it's, you know, it's just a different <laughs> vibe, you know. And, and I think that's, that's almost the... Um, uh, it, it, you know, it's a cultural difference, um, yes. and and I think there's a level of being, you know, a man must also, in that sense, say it's okay to be involved with the kids and and take the strain, as opposed to being all manly and only work and only socialize, which is what you know a lot of those guys did. Um, yeah, so I think it, it's generationally a, a changing thing. Yeah, but that's why I think we need to use to to show it. And to let the people know, like, for example, we did an event the other day about the, the sports and diversity. Because there are, other, for example, if, if the kids, they love football players and they love artists and this kind of things. If you are an artist and you are gay, it's okay. But the football players, they are not gay. So it's like, it's not real. They are there. So yeah. like, why don't we make it normal? So we did an event with the sport, elite sport people in Spain. 
talking about diversity. There was one woman that she's, she's, she was in the in the Olympic Games and she's in wheelchair. And there was a, a man that is doing water polo and he is gay. And they were talking about it. And we were like, yeah, we need to just to show that it's possible. Everything is possible. And you can do it too, even if you are a kid and you are gay. You can be a sport person. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, mean, I saw, show and show and show. I saw talking. a headline, oh, it might have been last week, an American football player came out and said he was oh, gay. Yeah. And I mean, you look at those manly sports. And I mean, there was a, a Welsh rugby player that that came out, well, Welsh English that said he was gay, but you know, there's probably a lot more. And you know, yeah, like you know, as long as like at the at the at the level that you're gonna watch at a professional level, that's a job for a person. What their what their sexual preference is or whatever, it it's it doesn't matter. Um, you know, yeah, as long as they're a role model. Yeah, but that's why that's why I think it's important to to tell you like this man from water polo. He was saying that when he was a kid, he was thinking that he could never be in sport people. He could be in the elite because he was gay, and he saw that all the gay all the gays were not there. And if someone was saying he was gay, they had a lot of problems. So he was like, oh, I cannot do it. So if you can see that it's normal, yeah. then it's normal. So maybe yeah, in 30, 40 years. <laughs> Well, it's, well, you look at how far we've come in, in a lot of ways. I mean, the, the new 50 pound note has got Alan Turing on, um, who, who, you know, should be known for all his mathematical brilliance um, and cracking the Enigma codes. Um, but unfortunately, it was a sad part to him being, uh, you know, targeted as being a gay man. Um, I'm glad that they've, they've tried to do something um, to rectify, but you'll never rectify what he went through because he unfortunately, yeah. you know, you, you, you never saw any of that stuff, but that, and that's almost the problem with with diversity. Uh, not that with, with being um, not diversity. What's the word? Diversity. I can't say the word, but um, you know, breaking people apart and, and creating creating gaps is people won't come forward and do things, and those people might be the most important people yeah. that we need. So yeah, I think Great. with time we will we will get it there. We just need we time. Yeah, we will. So if someone wanted to get in contact with you to, to get involved, how would they do that? Well, the best way to do it is through LinkedIn. Okay. That's the easiest way. Other yeah. of the way they can go to the web page. If it's for diversity, it's together is better hub. So this is the web page for diversity. And for me, for my company in communication is definedefined.com. Okay, great stuff. Well, thanks very much for being on the podcast and uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.